Welcome to the Heart of Rural America podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Radke, an American cattle rancher and motivational speaker, raising my kids and writing children's books in South Dakota. There's a David and Goliath story unfolding in agriculture today. And I don't know about you, but my money is on the underdog, the hardworking folks who value faith, family, freedom, and their farming communities. This show will highlight the untold stories of these resilient and determined families who I have the great pleasure of meeting in my travels across this nation as an agricultural speaker. It is my hope that their stories will remind us to live with great courage because we are not alone in this fight to keep producers on the land and meet dairy and eggs on the dinner table. Now let's hit the dusty trail together as we uncover the heart of rural America. Welcome to your show. Here's my mom, Amanda Rocky. Do you want to bulletproof your business in 2024? Hey, I'm Amanda Radke, and I'm the host of the Heart of Rural America podcast, the show where we highlight great people doing inspiring things to strengthen their communities, to build businesses for their families, to reinvigorate main streets in rural America, to strengthen agriculture, and to give us hope and opportunities for the future in the places that we call home. So welcome to the first episode of the Heart of Rural America to kick off the year 2024. If you're new to the show, I'd like to welcome you and thank you for the time. I know there's tons of podcasts that exist out there to listen to, so it means a lot that you would tune in to this show that launched in the middle of 2023 with a help of some amazing sponsors, including CK6 Consulting, CK6 Source, Real Tough Livestock Equipment, Shop Lynn's Meats, and Lynn's Heritage Angus, and a new sponsor added to the roster, Redmond Real Salt. I want to thank them for the support, the ongoing support to make this show possible. And I really believe and I'm aligned with these businesses. And so it's an honor to have them on the show roster and to get to promote them throughout the year as well. So I am kicking off the year 2024 at the Cattlemen's Congress down in Oklahoma City. My husband Tyler and I are attending several cattle sales where CK6 clients are going to be selling some of their livestock. Uh, We're really looking forward to watching the shows and the sales and connecting with people in person. But before we hit the road, I recorded this first episode for 2024 And I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about ways that we could bulletproof your business, your agriculture enterprise going into a new year. So now is a time where people have all kinds of lofty goals and resolutions. They have big aspirations for the year ahead. And yet the statistics show that most people abandon their resolutions and their goals by the time February hits. So either the goals were too big or too lofty, or, oh, maybe I just didn't have the willpower to follow through on those goals. Or maybe it's because we didn't set ourselves up for success by breaking down these bigger goals into smaller, more manageable chunks. So today I'm going to give you insights into my bulletproof your business method, which is a speech topic that I do on the road. In fact, I'll be presenting this speech or this seminar at the New York Beef Producers Association meeting in Syracuse, New York in mid-January. And so I'm really looking forward to kicking off the new year 
uh, with New York cattle producers and talking about ways that they can bulletproof their business, that they can add value, that they can capture the true dollar amount for their work throughout the year, where they can connect with consumers and be profitable and create new pathways to success for their kids and grandkids. And so I'm really looking forward to that event and, and being in a space with really innovative and creative entrepreneurs and more than likely, I'll end up learning more from attendees and some of the really cool things they're doing in their businesses than even I have to present. And so today's episode is going to be a very condensed version of what I talk about in Bulletproof Your Business. And we will go from there. I'd love to hear your tips and tricks for starting out a new year. But I'd like to talk to you today about some things that Tyler and I have done at Radke Landing Cattle. One of the things that I did last year to make my goals a little more manageable and to not end up falling flat on my face and being disappointed at the end of the year as I looked back and looked at what I accomplished and what I was able to squeeze into 365 days. So for starters, if you're listening to this and you had some goals in mind, but you're still coming off the slump of the holiday season, whether it was your diet and fitness routine or your spending habits or where you want your business or your family or your savings to go, it's okay. It doesn't have to be January 1st when you kick off new goals. It can be any day of the week. It can be any time of the year. The important thing is, is figuring out not only where you want to go or where you want to end up, but how you're going to get there. And a lot of the times that's where we get lost, right? So I could say, well, I'd like to lose 10 pounds before bikini season in in June. Okay, well, that sounds like I have six months. So that's plenty of time, right? To get some abs. Well, wrong, because the first holiday party hits or the candies come out at the workplace or whatever, and I've derailed my efforts. And so how often do people think, well, I might as well just give up, right? Like, oh, well. And then pretty soon you find yourself eating candy through Valentine's Day and Easter and graduation parties and wedding season. And then summer's here and you didn't reach your health and fitness goals. So what can you do to look at your health and fitness goals in a new way? And this is just a general example of goal setting. I probably focus more on agricultural business. So this isn't a focus of mine. If you thought I was shifting into becoming a fitness and wellness expert in the new year, I am not. But as this rudimentary example, okay, if I want to lose 10 pounds, I want to be leaner and stronger and have more muscle by the time I reach summer where, you know, I'm wearing shorts and tank tops and and not bundled up in cozy cardigans in the middle of the winter. What do I need to do? Well, we look at both diet, we look at exercise and we work our way backwards. Okay. How many workouts do I want to fit in to the year? Do I say every day? Well, that might not be attainable. So what's an attainable amount of times I could work out or add fitness into my routine? Well, let's break down the six months into smaller, more manageable chunks like month by month. Do I think I could accomplish working out every other day for 20 to 30 minutes? All right, let's do that. And then let's pencil it into the calendar where it's an actual appointment on the to-do list. And then let's get that accomplished. And then when we look back on January, 
January, even if it wasn't a perfect every other day, was I able to pick up or accomplish a dozen to 15 workouts in January? Sweet. Yes. Awesome. I made it. Maybe I was really shooting for 100% participation in every day in January. But if I accomplished 12 to 15 in a month, great. Could I do it again? in February. And maybe this time I could up it to 20 workouts. And so by working into more manageable, realistic timelines and and factors of success and, and to do items for success, all of a sudden we're building habits. We're creating habits. And then those reward centers in our minds are activated. And then you want to do more of what's working well. Instead of me being like, wow, I want to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to do that by counting calories and working out every single day. And by January 10th, I've messed up both of those goals. So now I feel defeated. So creating realistic goals is very important and and breaking things down into a manageable way of accomplishing this. The Heart of Rural America is presented to you by my dear friends at CK6 Consulting, a cattle business consulting service with a purebred Angus focus. I recently joined the CK6 crew, and I would love to connect with you at an upcoming sale. Check out the sale calendar at ck6consulting.com to learn more about opportunities to invest in elite Angus genetics coming from our progressive and innovative clients who truly exemplify what it means to be the heart of rural America. And for all your semen needs, visit ck6source.com an online stud service that features some of our clients' top-performing bulls. Give Chris Earle, Wes Teeman, Cody Fleeman, or myself a call with any questions or business inquiries you may have. CK6 is all about families helping families, and I'm so proud and grateful to be a part of it. Now let's get back to the show. So what I like to do and what I've done for this year, I do two things. I get out a piece of paper, notebook and pencil because I'm not like tech savvy. I'm sure there's fancy spreadsheets or apps or things that you could do, but I just get out a piece of paper and pencil and and start writing down what I'd like to achieve. And so last year, what I did, Tyler and I sat down for a business meeting at the end of the year and we focused our priorities into buckets, meaning you can't do everything in life, right? You can't squeeze in all of the things. You can't do every extracurricular with your kids. You can't go on every trip that's available. You can't buy everything you want for the farm or for your home. You know, you have to balance it out with your income, your time, the things that you want to accomplish. And so the best thing that you can do is prioritizing what is most important in life and then cutting out the rest. And so Tyler and I, at the beginning of 2023, we created buckets. And these buckets were our top priorities. And by process of elimination, if the things that we wanted to do didn't fit into those buckets, they got cut from the list in 2023. Now, that doesn't mean that some of the things we cut from the list weren't hard to cut or things we would have liked to do or would have been great opportunities for us. But yet we had a dialed in focus of what we wanted to achieve in the year. And so by creating buckets, we were able to figure out where our priorities lie. Because when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And so in in contrast, 
we wanted to say no to the things that would allow us to say yes a hundred times over to the things that would really move the needle for us, that would really drive the direction of our cattle business in the year ahead. And so let me talk to you about what our buckets are and your buckets might look a little different. And so our buckets are pretty simple. Faith is number one. If it takes us away from God, if it distracts us from our faith, it's probably not a top priority, right? So our faith has to come first. And so when you are guided by faith, it really helps your decision-making in every other aspect of your business and the decisions that you're making moving forward. Because if it's not aligned with your faith, Well, it doesn't make sense. We're not going to move forward with that. So faith was number one. Family is number two. And with family, we created two buckets. And that was our marriage, you know, as husband and wife. And then our children. What do our children need? And what can we provide them? What opportunities can we put in front of them without sacrificing our marriage, our family, and our faith? Meaning, if I filled the schedule up with a thousand different extracurriculars that I think would pad the kids' resumes and really keep them enthusiastic and gaining all this life experience and all these things, but it's at the expense of family dinners, or it's creating extra stress in our marriage, or it's, you know, scheduling tournaments that happen during church that we would miss mass. Well, guess what? Those were things that had to be cut because we couldn't sacrifice those other buckets that ranked higher on the list. So we have faith, we have family, we have marriage as husband and wife, we have our children, and then we have the business. So the business being, we have several businesses. I have my retail business, my speaking business, my husband does real estate, and then our shared business together is our cattle business. And so we broke those buckets into those tiers and just those things we wanted to work on. And really, where I'll focus on this is the cattle business. So we looked at our cattle business in 2023. And if you followed my social media, you've known we we kind of did quite the metamorphosis in 2023. It was hard and painful. It was really scary at the time. It required some really big moves and changes that we felt were fundamental to move forward in the direction we wanted to go. And it wasn't easy, but we set the goals, we set the needed to do things, and then we executed them in the way that we needed to get it done. So let me tell you, not in hyperbole, let me tell you exactly what I mean. So in 2023, we had made the difficult decision that we would be dispersing our Maine and Jew cow herd. This was a herd that my husband had started when he was a 4-H kid, 14 years old, and his parents brought him out to South Dakota to Westington Springs, and he bought his first Maine and Jew cow that he named Dakota Rose, and he started his Maine and Jew herd, raising those cattle, showing them, and, and when we got married and he moved out to South Dakota, to live near my parents where we have a seed stock limousine business. He brought the mains with him and and we continued to manage two very different breeds with very different customer bases. We really enjoyed it. We enjoyed the challenge. We were proud of the cows. We, We had them positioned where we wanted them to be and we were really excited about the future. And yet as we looked at our available resources, the grass we had available, the time we had available, the stress that came from managing two different breeds with very different needs and marketing tactics and customers that were trying to serve and realizing that there was no overlap, we had to make the challenging decision to disperse 
the main herd. And so knowing that we set out a timeline of, of what we wanted to do and, and how we wanted to accomplish that. And so we looked at the year by quarters. Well, in the first quarter of the year, we were calving out cows, we're spring calvers. And so looking into quarter two, okay, we started asking ourselves, what do we need to do to prep these cattle, to make our listings, to get everything ready to go and to hopefully sell this herd before the grazing season began. So that was kind of our goal. And so we had kind of just started doing word of mouth, talking about this herd dispersal. We had two ranchers that wanted to buy the whole herd, which would have been really slick, right? Not much work on our part. No need to put together a, a catalog or do much advertising or anything. But a drought got in the way and both of these producers backed out before the grazing season began because they just didn't have enough grass available. Okay, so plan A fell through. Now all of a sudden we are AIing these females. We are planning for the next breeding season. We're trying to use sires that would be really hot and desired by our customers um, and what they would want these cattle to be bred to, uh, which is a different mindset than breeding them to maybe what we would have bred them to if we were keeping this herd. We regrouped. And then in quarter three, in the fall, we went about advertising and getting these cattle sold. And as we looked at what we ended up selling them for, when we sold them individually or in, in smaller volume groups, we ended up grossing more income doing it that way versus, you know, the one guy buys the whole herd. And so it was a little extra work. It was a little extra time. But at the end of the day, I think we, we captured more value for these cattle that we were so proud of. And they found really great homes. And we closed the chapter on, on something that was really hard to close a chapter on, but it was in our list of things to do for 2023. And about the same time as we were dispersing these cattle, a farm came up for sale just a mile from our home. We really weren't planning to buy a farm site. However, uh, it is very tough to turn down acres of land in a farm site when it connects to pasture that you're able to graze on. And the timing, I think, was just rather divine because as we were you know, dispersing these main cows, we were able to use that money then to purchase this farm site, this land that one day could be, and we anticipate being, and that's a 2024 project now, is to be a feedlot for steers that we would like to feed out in the years ahead. And also it would be a place for one of our kids, you know, a decade down the road, of course, at least, but to put up a home and live close to home and be a part of our cattle operation in the years ahead as well. And so we bought this place with not necessarily a plan in mind, but knowing that just by proximity and, and availability and timing wise, it was something we couldn't pass up on. So that was a quarter three project that we uh, invested in. And another scary thing, it, it kind of felt like a root canal at the time because we weren't sure how to monetize that, that land and what to do with it. It wasn't straight pasture. It was, to be quite frank, it was a knockdown, teardown, burn down, pile up and get a lot of outbuildings and a farmhouse cleaned up. So a, a great expense to kick things off before we could even, you know, gather our thoughts and begin brainstorming what to do to monetize this new piece of ground that we acquired. So looking at the year as we were dispersing, we were also investing, investing in donor females and the Angus breed. I took up a new position that really felt aligned with the things that I talk about and my 
my speeches, uh, talking to producers about becoming price makers instead of price takers, about really taking control of their marketing and their ability to capture value in their businesses. I mean, these are all the things that I coach to groups on stages across the country. And this opportunity with CK6 Consulting came along and I was very aligned and my faith and my values and my love for the beef cattle business. And so getting to join that team in July of 2023 was really an exciting step. And to me, it feels like being able to practice what I preach on stages, to get to work with producers on the land, with their families, with their cattle, with their, you know, pursuing the genetic goals that they have and helping them monetize and capture the true value for their work. And so that was a new change for me. It was starting to go to a lot of sales and put together catalogs and help with marketing plans. And probably a highlight to 2023 was helping Capital Angus and Texas Beef House, one of the CK6 clients down in Texas come up with something brand new, a concept that really hasn't been done in modern history of the beef industry. And if you've been listening to this show long enough, you've heard me talk about it multiple times before, but that's just because it's so exciting for me because at the end of the year, they hosted their annual bull sale. And in conjunction with that bull sale, they also put beef up for sale. And so the equivalent of four fat steers, they sold by beef case and they garnered $68,000 in revenue selling to their loyal customers. And so it opened up a whole new avenue and whole new pathway for success, for profitability, for them to add value to the beef that they're raising. And I'm very excited to share that in 2024, CK6 has some big news on that front as we create more opportunities for producers to follow that model and to sell their beef to their loyal customers at a premium. And so stay tuned to that. That is going to fit into my 2024 list of things to do. It's a heavy focus in quarter one as we look at a year, not by 365 days and not 12 months, but four quarters like a football game. And in the first quarter, we are hitting the ground hard. We are pushing the envelope and we are running the race to bring something really new and exciting that I can't wait to share with you. And we'll have Chris Earl from CK6 Consulting on air sometime very soon to talk about the launch of this exciting new project and platform that we have planned. The Heart of Rural America is presented in part by Lynn's Heritage Angus and Meats by Lynn's. Founded in 1963 as a Chicago neighborhood butcher shop and growing to an international supplier of high-quality beef in the white tablecloth space, Meats by Linz is a four-generation family-owned business. The Linz Heritage Angus Program was developed to allow for greater control of the end product, a focus on using elite Angus genetics while also managing the feed, environment, age, and weight of the cattle allows Fred Linz and his crew the ability to source the very best beef produced from the heart of their Angus program, meeting and exceeding the needs of their customers worldwide. Discover more at LinzHeritageAngus.com and shop for beef at ShopLinz.com. Use code AMANDA20 to save 20% on your next beef purchase. That's a pretty sweet deal, my fellow beef lovers. 
Working cattle can be stressful at times, but the job is made so much easier with equipment that is safe, strong, and simply designed. I highly recommend Real Tough Livestock Equipment for all your working facility needs. We just installed the Deluxe Chute at Radke Landing Cattle, and it has been an absolute game changer as we run cows through our chute during AI season. It's durable and easy to use, and it's made to last a lifetime. Real Tough offers a wide range of products, including calving barns, panels, loading chutes, tubs, alleys, and portable working systems. Manufactured in the U.S. of A., Real Tough is family-owned and operated. Their commitment to helping farm and ranch families truly exemplifies what this show is all about. Learn more at realtough.com, that's T-U-F-F, and be sure to tell them Amanda sent you to receive an extra bonus with your order. Let's get you some iconic green Real Tough equipment headed your way. I promise you're going to love it. So back to the buckets. So we have faith, we have family, we have marriage, children, we have business, and then we have our cattle operation. And so when we look at our buckets, and I hope you're doing this now, if you're driving, probably don't do it. But if you're sitting down listening to this podcast, grab a piece of paper and just do this for me. Write down your top priorities in life. You know, what are they? They might look different than mine, or you can use mine if you'd like. I think mine are great. Faith, family, marriage, and kids, business, and cattle. Those are my buckets. Then you have to take a tough look at your life, right? And do an audit. Now is a great time to do an audit on life. And, you know, we're pulled in a lot of different directions in life and saying, let me do an honest audit of my life and all the things that I have going on and what needs to be cut, what needs to go from this list because I can't do everything, right? Uh, People ask me all the time, I don't know how you do all the things that you do. And it's like, I don't. I am just very strategic about what I say yes to and I make sure what I say yes to is aligned with the buckets that I have. I would also add, I forgot, probably the most important bucket for me or right up there is, you know, we have faith, family, marriage, kids, business, cattle, which cattle is business, of course, but we have multiple streams of revenue because we believe in diversifying our income, of course. But relationships, I would add, and service. Because without community, without connections, without a network of people to do business with, to support you, to cheer you on, that you can work with and and build these, you know, beneficial relationships back and forth. It's really hard to be successful if you're on an island by yourself. And so networking, building relationships, growing friendships, maintaining connections is so important in business. And then the final piece for me is service because I can have all the passion in the world for the cattle business, for the things that we're doing on our farm and ranch, but without a true purpose in mind, it's all pretty meaningless. So if I'm not serving others, if I'm not providing a solution for someone, if I'm not helping in my community, if I'm not adding value to people's lives, it's all very self-centered. It's all very egotistical. And that's not really what I want to do. And I don't think it's what most people want to do either. And yet in this like hyper-focused career-centered culture that we live in. The only focus is how much money can I make for me so I can consume things, so I can buy things, so I can have a bigger house and a nicer car and all those things. I'm here to tell you that 
That is meaningless. You could buy the nicest car. You could remodel your house. You could build a brand new house. You could have the nicest clothes and purses and toys and vacations and all the things. But none of that stuff, it might make you happy momentarily. But none of that stuff will give you joy. None of those things will give you purpose. But when we look at our businesses as I am doing this business in service to others, whether that's in service to my children and grandchildren, I'm trying to create a viable, profitable business to build opportunities for the next generation. I might work my whole life doing that. I might never rest. I might never sleep. I might be working myself to the bone, but it's not for me so I can buy new stuff. It's for my children. It's for my family. It's for my legacy because I'm trying to set up future generations for success so that they have opportunities maybe I did not. Or if it's looking outwardly, because even just doing things for your family can be, you know, selfish or egotistical. So how can my family, how can our success, how can our legacy expand beyond our own pasture gates to serve others? Am I selling beef in the community and that is providing a really great nutrition for families who need it most? Am I donating my time, talent, and treasures to help others? I'm really proud to be serving on two councils in my church as an example. One is the pastoral council where we meet and support our head priest in the church. And the other one is on the Catholic curriculum development in our school system, in our Catholic schools. And so both of those feel to me like a great service outreach effort where I'm able to, number one, fill my faith bucket, but do it not just to strengthen my own relationship with Christ, but to also strengthen our church community and to create new opportunities for our kids to make sure our priest is supported in his ministry. So passion without purpose is meaningless. So as you're filling your buckets up, write down passion and purpose. Your passion is going to be easy to find, I hope. Or if you're still looking for it, that's okay too. But once you find your passion, figure out what your purpose is. And when you find your purpose, it gives true meaning to life. And that way, when the alarm clock goes off in the morning, your feet hit the ground so fast because you cannot wait to get after it, to dive in, to do your work and your job or whatever you need to do in the day. Not because, yes, it's work. You know, they always say, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. No, that's crap. You're going to work really hard in your life. If you're truly passionate about something, if you're taking a big risk, if you're trying to do something bigger than yourself, you're going to work. You're going to work for seasons of time where other people are relaxing or enjoying their lives and you are burning the midnight oil. You're burning the candle at both ends and you're exhausted. But because you've identified your your purpose and your passion, it's easy to do because you know why you were put on earth to do this thing. And so for me, I often remind myself, you know, since faith is my number one bucket, I don't think I was put on this earth to write and speak about beef cattle all day long. I mean, that's what I have the pleasure of doing. That's what I love doing. I have a speaking schedule that is ramped full of events to go speak at agricultural conferences, which is exciting. But I think the Lord gave me an ability to write and speak so I could share the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's not that I get on stage and evangelize, but it never fails that when I'm on the road, either somebody comes across my path that needs uplifting and needs a message of faith and hope, 
Or maybe it's something I need too. I bring that home with me. And so find your passion and your purpose and then break those things down into buckets. And then here's the tough part. Do an audit on your life so that if the things you're doing in your life don't fit into those buckets for a season, you might have to say no to those things. And so this is where it gets tricky because again, you only have so much time in your day. There's only so many hours in the day or weeks in the month or weeks in the year. And so you have to pick and choose or you run yourself ragged. And so we have carefully selected the extracurriculars our kids would sign up for. We basically choose one thing for our kids. So all three boys are in wrestling, which is great because my husband can take the boys to wrestling practice in the winter months when we need to burn off energy and all three get to go to one activity. Scarlett, she loves showing cattle. She loves doing speeches and she did 4-H shooting sports last year. She loved it. And the great thing about shooting sports is all four kids can do it. So instead of us running to a million different activities, we're running to like one thing where all four kids can participate. And so that gets really tricky because, you know, we're, we've been ingrained as a society that our kids should do all the things and sign up for all the things. And I've learned the power of saying no and that I don't want stressed out, anxious kids. I want kids that pick a few things and pursue excellence in those arenas. But again, not at the sacrifice of too much stress on the marriage and the family. Because at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything more important than working together outside on the ranch, doing a job together, completing it, using our best efforts, working together as a team, and then coming inside at the end of the day to enjoy a meal together as a family. And so if I think those things in my mind, and if I envision the value of just some simple things like that, of praying together before a meal, eating that meal together, cleaning up the dishes together, enjoying family time together, well, all of a sudden then I've understood the importance of that in my buckets. And it makes it easier for me to say no to things that again would be maybe great opportunities for the kids, but not to sacrifice the larger things on my priority list. So I hope that makes sense. So as we go into, okay, you've created your buckets, you've identified your passions and your purpose. Now, how do you get where you want to go? So if we look at the year like quarters, like quarters of a football game. And, you know, there's no overtime in a year. 2024 has 365 days. It has 12 months. There's 24 hours in a day. I mean, we might be in a little time warp because we're going into an election year. And so who knows what kind of craziness awaits us in the year ahead. But you have four quarters. So if you have a goal that you'd like to accomplish before the end of the year, break your year into those quarters and figure out what do I need to do before Easter time this year to get me closer to that goal? What do I need to do before the half of the year to get me closer to that goal? What are the X, Y, Z things on the list I need to do to achieve that by the end of the year? Because you can't just lump it all into one big thing and hope it gets done. And so as an example, if my husband and I want to expand our beef, direct to the consumer beef sale business, okay, I need to make sure that I'm breeding for the marbling and the tenderness and the ribeye size that I want to achieve for my cattle. So this is a multiple year process. But as those steers get closer to finishing, okay, what do I need to do in this quarter in the next, whether it's registering our label, getting shipping figured out, marketing, building a website, setting up our story and what we want people to know about what we're doing 
with our beef, identifying my customers and building a newsletter list or a mailing list, talking about launch dates, setting those launch dates, and working my way backwards of when do I want to present this beef to the public. It's the same as in the seed stock business. If I know I have bulls that I want to sell, whether it's private treaty or at a stock show or in a public auction setting, and I know the date is March 1st, okay, that prep doesn't come in February. That prep begins, you know, a year in advance. And then as it gets closer, you know, three to four months in advance, I need to be booking a photographer booking a designer, booking an auctioneer, getting all of my my catalogs and advertising put together, knowing the deadlines for magazines that I want to advertise in, and the list goes on. So you find the date of here's the goal that I have, and then you work yourself backwards and you schedule those things in your calendar to keep yourself on track. And now, okay, so I've been rambling I and I hope I haven't lost you in all of this, like, let's audit ourselves for the new year, but hopefully I'm giving you some ideas to really work around. And again, this is a shortened, condensed version of my bulletproof your business method that is more of a long form workshop that I do on the road that agricultural conferences hire me for. And so usually... A lot of this comes with discussion and bouncing ideas back and forth and that kind of thing where we really get into the nitty gritty of specific examples for each farmer ranch enterprise and things that they can do to add value, to grow their businesses and to really propel themselves into a path of profitability. And I often tell these families, you know, your family egg enterprise is like a mighty oak tree. A seed is planted, it's established by each generation with really deep roots and a strong trunk. But in that family business, there's delicate branches. And so number one, looking at areas of vulnerability in the egg enterprise is so important. But number two, not being afraid to branch out, pun intended, and to try new things because it could make the, the tree stand taller and wider and bigger and grow its reach more and more. And yeah, you might fail and a branch might bust off, but we're not meant to just stand. We're meant to bend with the wind. We're meant to grow and reach new heights and provide shade for others and all of those tree metaphors you would like to squeeze in to this episode. So with five minutes left of the show, let's talk a little bit about how we can break down our family business in a different way. And that is a long-term vision for the family business. This is where I really spend a lot of time in my workshops, but we're going to give you the shortened version today. So the first step would be strategic planning, which is kind of where we spent a lot of our time today, looking at the buckets that you have, the priorities that you have, doing an honest audit of your life and cutting out what distracts you or takes away your time and your focus from those buckets, breaking down your goals into quarters and two months to make it more achievable, and then following through. And one more thing, hiring out and creating systems, delegating employees or delegating work to others to free up your time so that you can add value in other ways. And that's probably the hardest one for me because I like to do all the things, but delegating and strategizing and creating those systems leave so much more time for marketing and creativity and all of the things needed to move my businesses forward. So we have strategic planning. Strategic planning is the three to five years. Like where do I want this business to go in the next couple of years? What are we looking at achieving? 
but that's a big chunk, right? So then we move into a next branch, which is tactical. Tactical looks at the next 12 months. And so what do I need to do this year to get me closer to that three to five to 10 year plan that we have? And then moving from tactical, which again, we've really stuck into that strategic and tactical planning. Now, number three is where we get stuck and that is operational. So if you are operating in a family-owned business, oftentimes we get stuck in the day-to-day work that needs to be done. I got to feed hay. I got to check waters. I have a fence to fix. I got cows out. I've got you know the tractor stuck or a breakdown or all the things that come up in our day. Our kid's sick. I got to pick them up from school. We got a soccer game. We got to run to this. And so we're just trying to execute what's happening to us that day. My husband and I often talk about this. That makes us feel like we're on the defense all the time instead of being on the offense. And so you can't get stuck in the operational. Yes, you have to execute what's right in front of you, but look bigger picture at the tactical and strategic parts of your business and make sure that you're penciling in some of those things that will move the needle in the long term for your family instead of just focusing on surviving in the operational. Number four is scenario planning. Scenario planning is looking at your vulnerabilities, like we discussed before, looking at things that might happen halfway around the world, whether it's a global pandemic, it's a war in Ukraine, it's an election year, it's interest rates with the bank, it's a drought, whatever it is, what are the scenarios that might happen to your business and how can you be more bulletproof for when they come? Can you diversify in different ways? Can you pivot your business in unique ways? Can you do something unique that sets yourself apart? Are you creating enough of a buffer so that if everything goes to heck on the things that you can't control, you're still going to be okay because you have different avenues and pathways for marketing, for profitability. A great example of this is during the pandemic in Western South Dakota huge tourist industry out there with the wineries and the breweries and all the Western shops. Well, no one was traveling and tourist dollars were down. And so instead of these wineries selling cases of wine to agro-tourists that were visiting the Black Hills of South Dakota, they started making hand sanitizer. And I tell that story in my speeches because I guarantee you the grandpa or great-grandpa that somehow figured out how to grow grapes in Western South Dakota and create wine products that people would buy, never envisioned that they would stay afloat with their business in 2020 and 2021 by pivoting and making hand sanitizer. But that's exactly what these companies did to stay afloat because they saw a problem that existed in their communities. They created a solution that they could deliver upon and provide to the general public. And they were able to stay in the green for another year so that they could continue to do what they love to do, which is to make wine for tourists to enjoy when they visit South Dakota. So scenario planning is really important. You can't drive yourself crazy though, scenario planning. You simply have to anticipate the best that you can, things that might come your way, and then be able to quickly and efficiently pivot or or find new pathways. So another example, in 2020, I lost a year's worth of work speaking basically overnight. That's when my retail business at amandaradke.com was really born because I didn't have a time to lose. I had land payments to make. I had hay to buy for the cattle. I had three little young kids looking at me that needed diapers and food and all the things. And so we just got to work and, and the business just exploded. But it wasn't my plan. It was my pivot. 
<laughs> and what a blessing that Parrot has been, but it certainly wasn't what I had anticipated for my egg communications business, but a global pandemic kind of forced my hand. Finally is the long-term, the legacy building. So if I look at the strategic and tactical planning, looking at 12 months to a decade in advance of where I want to go and what I'm trying to build and being able to take advantage of opportunities when they come along. And then I pencil in and break down those big goals into quarters. So they are manageable goals that I am realistically focusing on throughout the year and achieving different benchmarks as the year progresses. So I don't stay stuck in operational defense mode where I'm just trying to survive the day. And I somewhat anticipate scenarios that might come along to throw a monkey wrench in my plans. If we can put all of this together, that's when we start building successful businesses. That's when we start creating legacies for the next generation. So I could go on and on like this. And if you're interested in this workshop at a speaking event down the road, I would love to give you a more elaborate version of this on a stage at your ag conference somewhere soon. So give me a holler, check out amandaradkey.com. I have multiple topics that are available for speaking at upcoming events. And of course, I invite you to check out my schedule of events for 2024. It is a full season ahead, and I would love to see you down the road at one of my events. So I believe I have seven or eight events in January alone. Uh, so it would be great to see you down the road. Hit me up for event details if it looks like I'm coming close to your neck of the woods. And please reach out as I'm booking up very quickly for 2024. So if there's anything I can do for you at any agricultural meeting you have planned, I would love to be considered as a speaker. So that's it for the Heart of Rural America today. I hope you enjoyed this kickoff episode with yours truly, and I truly appreciate you tuning in. If you could do me a huge favor, please subscribe and leave a review on the, the show notes and uh, share it with your friends. I would love to expand the audience of this program in the year ahead. So take care, God bless, and happy new year. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you found value in the message, I would be so grateful if you would subscribe and share to help spread the word. Until next time we meet on the dusty trail, I'm Amanda Radke, and this is the heart of rural America.